Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, and this is Launchpad, where I talk to successful entrepreneurs about the secrets to launching and growing their startups. I'm speaking with Corey Levy, who's the co-founder and COO of After School. Corey, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's start off by, g- give me the elevator pitch for After School. Yeah, so After School is a private social network for teenagers. We started... Um, a little over a year and a half ago with um, the goal of giving teens a safe place to communicate within their high school. And um, in that year and a half time, we've grown from zero to, to millions of teens and we're in over 80% of U.S. high schools. So essentially, in one sentence, it's it's um, after schools replacing Facebook for teenagers. Wow. So walk me through the experience. I My kids are, are in college or just out of college, but let's say I had a kid in high school. Uh, they they'd download an app on, on their phone? Correct. So they download an app. Um, they'd be presented with a list of schools nearby them. They'd pick the school that they attend, and then they'd have to verify that they attend that school with either uh, their school ID or Facebook or a number of verification um, uh, uh, mechanisms that we use. And then once you get verified, you are in a network, which is you and your your fellow classmates, and okay. you can post messages, pictures, um, uh, connect with other students, um, and uh, yeah. All right, so let, let's let me just think about this. So, would in a in a school a school then doesn't have to adopt an individual user can make the adoption decision. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. We work with students. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, then before long, I suppose your hope is that it goes viral in the school. Exactly. One of the awesome things about networking applications is that they are extremely viral. Uh, so that's that's a nice thing. So so let's say I have. There's, I don't know, three, four hundred users in my school of, of after school. What is the actual user experience? Is it is it literally like Twitter, Facebook? or Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. some teams describe it as a Twitter just for your high school. So yeah. uh, we started with anonymous postings. Yeah. And then we've since grown the product and evolved it into a general purpose social network. So there's a matching feature where teens at your uh, at, uh, teenagers at school can match with each other on different uh, activities or topics. It's like a Q&A polling game. Um, there's still anonymous postings. There's pictures. We're working on a number of other features right now um, that will engage teenagers. So Yeah, so I guess the the obvious questions, I mean, let's just get right into it. So the obvious questions are going to be around uh, the the perils of anonymity and how you manage that, and I know there are other there uh, secret and and yeah. yik yak that that have had some real challenges. Totally. So was were you a response to that, and how do you handle what you know? I po- I post that you know Corey was such a jerk today. Yeah, yeah how do you handle that? So yeah. we take um, safety very very seriously at after yeah. school. Um, uh, every single post goes through proactive moderation. Every post. Every post. Ah. So when you post a message, it will. Um, it needs to get approved by moderation in order for it to get seen by the school community. Um, that's one of the things that we do on the safety front that um, no other social network does. Um, uh, a second thing that we do um, uh, uh, in addition to the proactive moderation is um, we've done some partnerships with some really cool organizations. One of them is an organization called Crisis Text Line. Mm-hmm. And um, if a student posts a message in after school, and they post, um, you know, school's really tough right now. I'm really depressed. Yeah. And they post that message. Um, they will get offered help by a trained crisis counselor. Yeah. Um, through our partnership with Crisis Text Line, and, and over a hundred thousand teens have used that feature um, uh, to get help. So, minute they post that message, they'll be offered help, 
and then can chat with one of our trained crisis counselors powered by crisis text line. So that's a second um, uh, safety feature that we, yeah. we, we built into the app uh, um, from 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 the beginning. Yeah. You know, I was I was looking at some of the testimonials on your website, which if for our listeners, you haven't gone and checked it out, check it out because they're really pretty, pretty interesting, pretty authentic. But but one of the one of the kids said, you know, I really like after school. I love after school because I can see what other kids are saying about me. And I thought, yikes, I don't know that I want to know what other kids are saying about me. So so how do you how do you ensure that's a positive experience and how and how does it work? How does the an, an anonymous feature work? Um, so uh, to, to, to answer your first question, when someone posts a message, um, uh, it'll be either positive, neutral, or, or negative. And our moderation blocks out all the neg- negative posts. Oh, so you just delete those. You exactly. just don't. Yeah. So there's so no negativity. There's yeah. no. Uh, if someone posts something um, negative, it'll blocked by moderation, and no one will see it. Mm. Um, so you know, generally, when you see your name, it's I have a crush on so and so, or how do I ask this person out on a date? Oh, um, so, wow. it's, so it's very much uh, a big thing of what teens talk about is relationships on after mm-hmm. school. So. All right. Now, circling back on something you said, which sounded pretty daunting, which is moderation. How do you do that? So um, we started with a hundred percent human moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work um, around the clock, twenty four seven, here in America and in some other countries. Um, uh, we built moderation technology and tools. Um, we uh, train human moderators, um, test them and talk to them every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, and as our audience grows, our number of moderators grow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in San Francisco, we have um, engineers working on technical moderation. Yeah. So it's a, a combination of human and technical, and then uh, the community as well moderates. So um, a teenager can, you know, we have a one and done policy. If you see something you don't like, you can hit the report button and it'll immediately get removed um, no questions asked. Even and and that doesn't get abused. I mean, I can imagine that could almost be used as a form of bullying, right? You could just block Corey. Yeah. yeah. Um, generally, it doesn't get yeah. abused. Yeah. So. so there is there are some norms that have evolved around yeah. around that. Yeah. Totally. Interesting. And on the machine, the machine moderation is pretty interesting. You you suggest in the way you said it that maybe you're not at a hundred percent. Or that the that's not yet a hundred percent accurate in terms of the the ability to differentiate exactly, yeah. and that's why yeah. we have the humans. So you still the, have humans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if the machine can't make a, a a confident decision, it goes to the humans. Yeah. Okay. So the machine. That's interesting. So the machine part, if you have high confidence in Correct. the prediction that it's negative, you you flag blocked. it, and if not, if it's gray, you 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 put it in front Nearly of the humans. humans. Uh, that then raises the question of of how you monetize because because moderation isn't free and I'm strongly guessing it's free for kids to use this app. Correct. <laughs> it is free uh, for kids to use the app. Um, so in terms of monetization, um, we're, we're fortunate to have amazing investors right now that are supporting the product. Um, at some point in time, we will monetize and make money. Um, and uh, you know, similar you know, to Snapchat, how, how, how they've done it, um, uh, we've been... Um, uh, a number of, of big brands and, and um, studios and movie producers have reached out to us saying, hey, my teens on After School, they told me I should advertise on this. So if you want to reach a teenage audience, yeah. you would come to After School um, to do that. 
Um, yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. So it's a standard. It's you know we're sitting here in Silicon Valley, and so it's the it's the classic Silicon Valley model, which is build an amazing audience with a lot of engagement, and somebody will figure out how to how to how to how exactly. to monetize. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I get it. Um, but it it also leads to a question about the extent to which you need to have the school on board and. Uh, obviously, you can't. You, you have to be careful about how you monetize to keep the schools on board. But what what has been the school response, and what how do you engage with the institution? Yeah. Um, so we work primarily with students. Um, yeah. So we, we 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 work only you know similar to how Facebook and Snapchat and and Twitter work. They work with the user. The users are generally, um, I guess, when they started the teenagers. So we work with teens. Um, we also uh, uh, do proactively reach out to schools. Um, my co-founder and I. Uh, at the end of last semester, we went undercover into a high school with school permission. For those of you who can't see, Corey is a pretty youthful guy, so he, he was able to go <laughs> undercover at a high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've done that before. Yeah. We work with schools. You know, yeah. they're fortunate to let us come in there and and do that, and then and and um, and we we mentor some of the students as well um, locally here in San Francisco. But you can't you can't annoy a school I don't think I mean it, it, I mean you can but it seems to me that you're a lot better off if the weather is favorable in the school and uh, so so let me put it a different way how have the schools reacted or do you even know um, so some schools do do reach out um, uh, and um, they want to just know more information about after school so we um, we do have a, a team safety team um, in San Francisco uh, where they're proactively reaching out and letting schools know more about after school and functionalities of it and how to um, uh, how it works and um, more more giving information to schools about this product. Yeah. We have a parents guide as well that was done with one of our partners at Connect Safely, um, so we share that um, and um, do a number of other things with them. Corey, where did the idea come from? So we had uh, my my co-founder and I had been working on social products for quite some time before after school came out. And um, my co-founder, he had a really tough experience in high school. Um, uh, we all did. Yeah. <laughs> his, his was his was on the more extreme. Oh, really? Okay. More, more extreme side. And, and you know, one, one thing he recently said was, was times change, people don't. Mm. Um, and when we set out to, to build after school, it was like, well, what would we want if we were in high school? Um, and, you know, we want safe place to communicate, to, to freely express ourselves without having to worry about any repercussions or, or, or anything like that. So, um, you know, 10 years ago when I was in high school, I had Facebook and then, uh, Facebook grew old. Um, and, uh, now after school is coming in to sort of replace that experience. All right. Now, so you alluded to your co-founder, you and your co-founder had worked on other projects. So maybe talk a little bit about that entrepreneurial journey. Was it part of the same venture? Yeah, so it was part. It was part of the same same company. Um, my co-founder and I met uh, when I was in high school. He was finishing up his master's at the University of Illinois, mm-hmm. and he had worked on some futuristic communication technology prior to us teaming up together. He built technology that enabled the world's first voiceless cell phone call, um, and uh, sort of dedicated his life to to enabling all of the world's communications. And that's that's our goal um, uh, uh, at the company. And we um, started working on social products together in 2011. Um, a first product we built was called One, and it was a uh, an app that was connecting people around interests um, and trying to introduce strangers to one another. 
um, and we iterate on that dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And one of our iterations led us to the led us to after school. How, so had any of those iterations gotten any traction, or was it really just a, a, a journey until you found this one? Yeah. Um, you know, there was little traction here and there. There was some. Uh, uh, one was focused on on college uh, students, mm-hmm. um, and there were a couple of schools that we got some some good penetration in, but um, it was a, it was a lot of fighting to get those users. Yeah. Um, and when we, you know, some a little bit of the story of after school. When when we first launched the beta of after school, we went in to high schools and five high schools in San Francisco locally to go and test the product and. Um, uh, I guess snuck into high schools. Yeah, and wow. uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the product grew from from zero to over fifty percent of the whole high school within the first week, and it was a much different experience from from the previous products that we built. It was, uh, you know, truly it was word of mouth. Teens were telling other teens, and then when we put our beta in the app store, it grew from zero to two hundred thousand teenagers in three weeks, um, touching about fifty percent of the U.S. high schools. H- how did you get? Geez, I got a lot of questions about that. Let me just first underscore that. Yeah, if you build a prototype, put it into a test, and you get 50% share in a week, you got something, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a really good indicator. Mm-hmm. But I wondered, I got two questions about about that. The first is, what did it take in terms of investment mm-hmm. to be able, now, I don't mean dollars necessarily, but effort, let's say, to get to the point where you had something somebody could use yeah. because because it's not trivial, right? So what did it take to build that thing that somebody could use? Then the second question is related is, were you able to do that without the App Store and how? Yeah, so um, uh, for, first question um, uh, took a, a lot of time. Um, we, we were working on, you know, again, social products for three, four years before yeah. um, before we had the, 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 the beta of after school ready. And um, uh, with each iteration that we put out into the App Store, um, we got smarter and smarter and closer and closer to, to, to having that product market fit with, with our users. Um, uh, then when After School came about, I think that, that we started working on it uh, in the summer of 2014. And, and then in November of 2014, we had a beta ready. So you know, three, four, three, four months. Um, yeah, well, on the theory that you'd done it four times before. So, 147 100, times yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, so, yeah, so then then we, uh, you know, Apple has a beta program. Oh, I um, see. So, Apple has a beta. That's how you can do it. Correct. Can, okay, correct. Yeah. So, we did that and then um, tested more, iterated more, and then put uh, put a, put the beta in the App Store. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to get, you know, a few thousand users, tested that a little bit more. Um, but those few thousand users turned into to two hundred thousand um, pretty quickly. Yeah, maybe you can say a little bit about about traction. So, I mean, I I I skipped a beat just when you said the time. So that you launched November. What uh, year? Our beta was November twenty fourteen. Then we launched uh, in April of twenty fifteen. April twenty fifteen. Yeah. So you're. You're just uh, eighteen months in, yeah, something like a that. Year and, a half. and what can you say about traction? Eighteen um, months. Millions of teenagers are on after school. Yeah. Um, we're in over eighty percent of, of U.S. high schools, and and currently um, a top uh, top ten social networking app in the App Store. Wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I, I I got a bunch of questions, but let's start with. 
you you mentioned Illinois and meeting your co-founder at the University of Illinois, and we're sitting in in the Promised Land here in in Silicon Valley. So, what it, when did you decide to to move west? And did you have roots here, or what? what no tell, roots tell a here. About the I, yeah. I I grew up in Houston, Texas, and um, started working in startups in high school. So I interned as a, a shadow to a CEO at a company that was in the first Facebook fund class and eventually acquired by Constant Contact. And then um, from there, I um, cold called a bunch of venture capitalists and said, hey, let me be the teen in your office. You invest in products that target teenagers. Let me be that voice and that give you that perspective. So I shadowed um, uh, a guy named Justin fisher Wilson at the Founders Fund um, one summer for, for a little bit. I shadowed um, a guy named Albert Winger at Union Square Ventures. I shadowed David Cohen at Techstars um, and just short little externships yeah. shadowing these people. Um, and then went to the University of Illinois and um, started working on side projects with, with my, my co-founder, Michael. Um, and um, we, one of our mentors said, we showed him the side project and the mentor, was, his name's Keith Raboy, he's at Coastal Ventures. Um, he said, are you raising money? And we said, no. And he said, you should always be raising money. <laughs> and we ended up raising uh, a seed round uh, of financing. I was 19, freshman year of college. Um, and after we raised that seed round, we moved out west. So, so did you did you drop out? I paused. Yeah, I dropped out of school. Oh, there's, there's a well, there's a, a great tradition of that. Yeah. Uh, as a as a professor, I can't encourage it. But <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a it's a great it's a great there is a great tradition. Um, wow. So you did the whole dream: drop out, move west, the whole deal. Yeah, VC. Yeah. So tell tell me a little bit about the 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 fundraising. Now, if I think about the timing a little bit. We were in a hot spot in uh, in 2014, 2013. Up, up, it was cooled off a little in 2015. So, we, yeah. were you? It, we raised our seed round in 2011. Ah. So, um, yeah. So, our, our, our fi- we raised about a million bucks in seed. Um, and then we did a second seed round. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, when after school launched, we did a Series A. Yeah. Um, and total, the company's raised about uh, 17, 18 million bucks. Yeah. Um, so, but seed round, we learned a lot. Um, uh, we work with a lot of amazing investors, um, uh, you know, throughout the whole company. Um, and biggest sort of takeaway when, when it was kind of funny, the takeaway from, from raising our seed round was when you ask for money, you get advice. Yeah, and yeah, you ask yeah. for, for advice, um, you get money. Since, you know, we generally weren't, 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 weren't raising money when, when we... And I suspect that's especially true right now, because <laughs> I bet you a lot of people would love to be uh, take a little more money at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're, yeah. we're not fundraising right now. Yeah, um, I want to shift gears a little bit. We have just a couple minutes left, but but uh, this has now become a a product with a lot of users. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about building the tech team and how you scale a product for mat really mass user base like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, our team was was. was is relatively small and was relatively small um, at the beginning. We were, you know, five, six people. Today we're about 12, 13 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you can do a lot with a little. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's uh, amazing. Um, five years ago, you probably couldn't. Um, Ten years ago, you definitely couldn't. So um, uh, recruiting is obviously a, a challenge for any startup here in Silicon Valley. Um, it's a big challenge for us as well. Um, but we we interview tons of people and only let a few in, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you know hire uh, uh, 
uh, hire prodigies and hire hire really really smart people. Um, and uh, if you have an amazing team, um, things 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 will go well. Yeah. Well, but but on the scaling side, yeah. I it's been decades since I wrote code myself. But but the tools have gotten quite good. And on the infrastructure side, are you you're relying on? I don't know who who you are. AWS, AWS yes, yeah, exactly. so Amazon, uh, and you figure, look, if Amazon Amazon goes down, we're all in trouble. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> there was a point though, and and uh, I remember when we first launched, we were doubling our infrastructure like every two days. Yeah. We, we just had to turn out turn off the service for a little bit, and we get a bunch of users complaining, "Why is it off?" It'd be in the middle of the night, and then be back. This up in is the morning. even even though, though you're using AWS. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just going to another bigger exactly. instance or whatever. Exactly. Or, wow. Amazing. Um, all right. I wonder if we can, we just have about a minute, but I wonder if you could tell us what after school tells us about what adult apps ought to look like. What after school has to tell us about what adult acts, uh, apps, apps. I don't mean, I don't mean um, adult in quotes. I mean, literally like Twitter, Facebook, ah. uh, 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 you know, the apps that, that, that I and, and, and my parents use. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, they're all amazing. You know, I use them as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you're just watching sort of Snapchat's history as uh, they, they started with one thing and have constantly grown and evolved the product. Mm -hmm. I think that's important for any company that wants to be around for a while um, is to, you know, grow and evolve your product. Um, you know, once you find something that it works, it's fun to find more things that work. Um, so at After School, we're doing that same thing. We, you know, After School is a top 10 social networking app. Um, uh, it's growing a lot, but we're still pumping out new features and and um, um, working on, on growing and evolving the product. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, those companies should continue to do the same. And they are. Yeah, and they are. All right, great. All right, good answer. All right, well, it's an amazing story, and I love hearing about it. It's just if you if you blink in Silicon Valley, you miss something. So it's really great to to learn about something new. Uh, thanks so much for coming into the studio. Thank you and at Corey on Twitter and at After School App on Twitter if uh, y'all are trying to get in touch. All right, beautiful. You heard it. You can send Corey direct message at Corey on Twitter and and at After School App on. Uh, is it at After School App? Yeah. Okay. At After School App on, on Twitter. All right. That just about does it for today's show. If you've got a question about something you heard or a suggestion for companies or guests you'd like to hear, please send us a note. Our email address is businessradio at SiriusXM.com. To follow me, you can go to my website, ktulrich.com. That's K-T-U-L-R-I-C-H. Or follow me on Twitter at ktulrich. Thanks to producer Dana Cash, assistant producer Charlene Gatto, and engineer Dan Baker. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. Launchpad is produced by Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, on Sirius XM Channel 111. The show airs live on Wednesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. You can find more episodes of this podcast on SoundCloud 